welcome to the Technology Acquisition Center podcast, which we affectionately call TAC Talks. Join us as we discuss highly relevant and compelling acquisition topics with highly esteemed industry professionals and attempt to share information with you, the 1102 workforce, program officials, and our contractor friends. We hope that you find these topics and discussions helpful. So turn up the volume on your earbuds and get ready for TAC Talks. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining me today for our next episode of TAC Talks. My name is Chuck Ross, a service director at the Department of Veterans Affairs Technology Acquisition Center. Today's episode will feature VA's Enterprise Cloud Facts Service Program, which is a service designed to enable the VA's migration from slow and costly manuals and semi-automated faxing processes and electronic faxing solutions from multiple vendors to a more universal service establishing a managed cloud-hosted electronic faxing service. Believe it or not, faxing remains one of the primary methods of information transfer across facilities for many reasons within the VA. The validity of some legal documents, such as those relating to pharmaceuticals and healthcare, is extremely essential and must be provided in hard copy. The Veterans Health Administration and the Veterans Benefit Administration are prime examples of just how cumbersome and labor-intensive manually faxing has become to the VA. The records department within these organizations are frequently required to manually print medical files, then place them in a scanning device and fax the copies to civilian doctors, hospitals, and attorneys. In addition, there are many veterans and beneficiaries who still prefer to use the fax documents rather than rely on email and other digital methods. This has led to many reports of heavy burden on staff members responsible for manually faxing physical documents from locations without electronic or cloud fax management capabilities. Manual faxing also comes with the added security burden of how to properly protect the veteran's personal identifying information and protected health information. To properly address this issue, in September of 2021, the VA TAC awarded a T4NG task order for Enterprise Cloud Fax Services. This consisted of a one-year base period with nine option years. The ECFAX software as a service allows for increased efficiency and security thus decreasing the time and cost associated with VA staff manually processing these documents designed to transform the VA's ability to support delivery of vital services and benefits to the nation's veterans. ECFAX will also increase efficiencies and security enterprise-wide. ECFAX allows VA personnel to fax remotely from their work laptops, iPhones, or other devices, and from the existing printers and copiers in their facilities. Files are delivered to anywhere in the VA while also interfacing with the current Microsoft Outlook email system, with VA's new electronic health record, with multifunction devices, and across other work streams for maximum ease of use. So I'm here today with Mr. Frank Joy, Senior Enterprise Infrastructure Architect for the Office of Information and Technology, and Mr. Robert Cately, Contracting Officer at the Technology Acquisition Center. Thank you both for joining me today. Appreciate the opportunity. So we'll uh, start off with a question here for uh, Frank. Um, So can you just tell us a little bit uh, in layman's term what ECFAX is all about? Sure. ECFAX is just that. It's a large-scale, robust faxing capability delivered via a a highly secure, modern, cloud-based software-as-a-service application. It's about supporting VA's efforts towards digital transformation. It fits right into that modality to provide additional tools, techniques, to deliver 
ever more reliable and ever more secure methods of doing business on behalf of our nation's veterans. Again, traditional faxing is just still one of the primary methods by which we receive, process, and orchestrate delivery of care and benefits to our veterans. So modernizing, securing, and standardizing this common service represents a real opportunity to, as our president says, build back better, not just for the Department of Veterans Affairs, but in the mode we're going to deliver it for other federal agencies that might want to utilize this same service, this common core secure faxing service to deliver services to not just veterans, but to all government citizens that might have a need for it. And EC stands for Enterprise Cloud. Uh, yes. So what, which cloud platform are you guys utilizing? Uh, for this particular service, it's going to be hosted in the AWS Gov Cloud uh, community. Uh, and it will be run at a what's known as a high uh, classification, and that's in order to ensure that we protect this valuable information because it could include an incredibly wide gamut of, of, of information that veterans may provide to the VA on, on their behalf to obtain benefits and care. It can also include VA communications with providers into the community so they can get care and benefits. Uh, it could be legal matters, uh, it could be security matters, operational strategic matters, anything that we might fax, this service is going to, to protect at the highest level we can possibly uh, do so. Uh, and that, it's it, all about safeguarding that information. Right, and that leads me into my next question. And so there's, there's a number of different standards, I'm assuming, uh, that you could reasonably tell veterans that their information is going to be safe because it's, it's adhering to those standards. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. This, this service is going to, will and is required to use the most current federal National Institute of Standards approved government encryption tools and systems. Again, to ensure that when, from the point that that fax is transmitted to the VA and when it's transmitted to outward to the VA, uh, to the veteran or other VA partner, community care partner or whatever, it is protected regardless of whether that fax is actually transmitting through the process or it's sitting somewhere in the service at some point. Like it's received to the VA, it's stored in, in somewhere for action and processing. It's gonna be protected from one end to the other in a continuous stream of encryption and protection. Uh, it's, it's all going to be built to operate at the highest level of security that we can possibly provide for this using all the types of controls and process is available to protect that vital information. Again, whether it's a veteran asking uh, for a claim for benefits, medical records, uh, community care services, uh, other, you know, I'm applying for a home loan guarantee and I want to, I choose to you do that by, you know, signing a document and faxing in. We're going to make sure that that is protected. Uh, we, the entire service not only uses those modern, the most modern government requirements for encryption and protection, it is also going to be closely monitored. We have ongoing monitoring of the service throughout its life cycle. If there's any kind of an incident concern issue, that will be immediately addressed by a, a very highly qualified team of dedicated security experts that have one job and one job only, protect that service, make sure it works, make sure that information is protected. I'm a veteran too, so I would be a benefit of having knowing that there is this kind of capability and the kind of security that's put in place to protect that information. Right. I'm much more secure than the old fashioned, you know, fax machine sitting on the table and, you know, the papers are rolling in and they might sit there until, 
you know, somebody happens to walk by and, and picks them up. Exactly. And, and well, within the, yeah. within the VA, for anything like that, such so as delivery to multifunction device, uh, we already have, in conjunction, working with our, our, our teammates in other areas like printer security requirements to make sure that when that something has to be delivered that way, it is delivered in a way that only the the intended recipient can go access that system and pull that print out so we don't have that issue where something gets faxed to the VA and it shows up on a machine just sitting on a tray. We can't do that. That is just not smart and it does not right. have a business practices. It doesn't meet security requirements. So we do that. But in lieu of that, instead of delivering it to a bunch of machines, we can deliver it directly to a user in a in a storage location. We can deliver it to your email. We can deliver it to other kinds of modalities that provide and enhance the security uh, of that of that service and that outcome. Very good. So if I'm a VA employee listening to our uh, podcast today, um, is there a mobile app that they might be able to be used to use uh, now or in the future uh, to, to utilize the service? Absolutely. We are engaged with our contractor who's going to provide a service. There is going to be and there will be at one uh, stage of our release work, there will be a mobile app that will be in your VA app store that you will be able to download. It'll tie into your account in the service and you will be able to do basic, you know, grab a document, grab a screenshot and you will be able to securely fax that as well. And you will be able to monitor your account remotely if someone sends a, let's say you have a direct number assigned to you for faxing purposes, which there's quite a few people in the VA that do that. If it's sent to you and you don't have access to, you know, the way your desktop, you will be able to see that comes into your account for delivery purposes through your mobile app as well and respond to it. And this is uh, a relatively um, young program. I mean, I think the contract was awarded uh, at the end of uh, last year. Uh, so has has it gone into full production yet, or you're still working to get all the necessary uh, approval certifications and, and things of that nature? Yes, we are in the process of working through our getting, obtaining our authority to ob- operate and obtaining our FedRAMP authorization. Uh, that it's a, it's a lot of work. We have one of the most aggressive schedules you can imagine to try to achieve that state. Again, the goal is just don't – the technology is understandable, but making it secure in the kind of environment we want it to operate in uh, with all the bells and whistles, as you would say, to secure it, protect it, monitor and track it. It takes a little bit of time to do that, but uh, that is part of the reason why we got the contract uh, as we designed it, working with uh, Robert to set it up for the length of time we have to give us the time to build it, secure it, stabilize it, and then begin, uh, you know, spreading it across the VA as rapidly and as quickly as we can. And, and have you have you had any um, limited testing of it? And if so, have you seen uh, any increased capabilities that you're excited about? Uh, we're starting to work with some of the dev test environments. We haven't really done a lot of transmission. We're working out all the backend technical details, making sure that if you send it through any of the meets, whether it's email, through a small desktop app that you'll be able to use, or through the web portal, we want to make sure that we do that. But we're, te- we're in the process of building all the tests cases for that right now. We've already identified a number of initial operating capability sites that will be our early, uh, sort of our starting point. We have early adopters and we even have full plans for a full uh, full operational capability shortly after that. And we're, we're going to launch it across the VA. But right now I'm seeing that we're going to provide something much more universal, much more ubiquitous, 
Uh, you will be able to fax from just about any place, from anyone, everywhere you need inside of the VA if that's what your business uh, requirements drive you to do. So now we're going to turn to the uh, contracting officer, uh, Robert Cately. Uh, and because we are an acquisition podcast and we want to take a peek behind the acquisition curtain, uh, Rob, we're going to maybe ask you some questions on uh, how we got to uh, the contract award. Um, so, so first off, maybe if you could share with our listening audience some of the challenges, setbacks that you might have faced as you work toward this contract award and how were they resolved? Sure. Thanks, Chuck. Um, <clears throat> the main issue was probably how to handle the requirements for FedRAMP certification. Uh, as Frank said, FedRAMP certification in this case was a firm VA requirement. And this was my first rodeo with FedRAMP certification being such a firm fundamental requirement. And, you know, like Frank alluded to, we weren't just talking about FedRAMP low certification, but the highest possible level, FedRAMP high. So I had to do some research on that and talk to folks from Office of General Counsel on their experience handling such things. And, um, you know, long story short, we didn't want to, actually, maybe I should say we, we couldn't limit acceptable proposals to only products that were already FedRAMP high certified. So we had to set up the solicitation and price schedule to which offers would propose to allow for solutions that were either already FedRAMP high certified possibly, or solutions that would have to obtain that certification during uh, the contract. So how did we do that? Um, we put all of the FedRAMP requirements under a CLIN contract line item number uh, titled ECFAC security support. And for the key milestones across the FedRAMP certification process, we had uh, sub line item numbers that the vendor could be paid for upon reaching each milestone. So for example, the first milestone was for completion of all FedRAMP system security plan documentation, uh, upon which the vendor would be paid 10% of that overall value of the ECFAX security support plan. Uh, the next milestone was completion of the three PAO, that's the third party assessment organization, assessment plan, then the vendor would be paid another 10%. And then finally, um, the remaining amount of that CLIN would be paid upon being granted FedRAMP high certification. Um, now, if a vendor was, uh, if an offer was already FedRAMP high certified at the time of submitting their proposal, we weren't sure whether or not that would happen. They could simply put a price of $0 in these CLINs and SLINs and therefore have an inherent advantage in terms of not just price, but also schedule, because um, I don't know what it is now, but at the time I think we anticipated up to a nine month process or so to obtain FedRAMP high certification. Um, ultimately this you know, methodology worked for us, and it's my understanding that this is now like a VA best practice for how to maximize competition when there's requirements for FedRAMP certification. Not saying we were the first to do it this way, but perhaps one of the bigger, more visible requirements to do it this way successfully. Yeah, great. Uh, so this is a, I mean, this is obviously a large investment that the VA is putting into this technology. Um, and I noticed that I think your period of performance is 10 years for that. Uh, could you just give us a little bit of um, of the the uh, insight into why you went with a 10-year uh, task order vice the traditional five? Yeah, good question. So 
Um, in accordance with FAR 17204E, uh, unless otherwise approved, a contract's total period of performance, including the base and option periods, shall not exceed five years in the case of services. Um, but however, uh, that section of the FAR also states that this limitation does not apply to information technology contracts. So, you know, one might think, I did at first, um, that if this is IT, we don't need a special higher level approval to go beyond five years, but that turned out to not be the case. Um, per VA Directive 6008, uh, SAS solutions, or SAS is software as a service, those are deemed non-IT services. So we had to obtain approval from the head of contracting activity um, before awarding a non-IT contract that went beyond the five-year limit specified in the FAR. Um, some of the things we considered in this determination. Um, so, you know, like Frank mentioned, the, the fundamental requirement here is to migrate from a slow and costly manual or semi-automated faxing process um, with locally based multiple vendor electronic faxing solutions to a more universal service. And requirements for such ser services are currently being contracted for locally. So not very uh, efficient. And, um, you know, in addition to that, the government is driving towards cloud first and cloud smart strategies. So this represented a critical opportunity to improve and and simplify a, a vital uh, VA communications requirement, while at the same time uh, reducing the physical footprint and capital expenditures uh, cost to VA. Um, so the use of an enterprise-wide cloud-based uh, faxing solution um, was anticipated to you know, improve data security with respect to uh, PII and PHI, also response times for critical care, quality of care, and other services to veterans. And, you know, secondly, you know, the OIT subject matter experts uh, from VA anticipated the migration itself from existing faxing solutions to the enterprise-wide cloud-based solution. The migration itself may take up to five years um, due to things like yearly funding limitations, uh, the diversity of business processes across VA and the time required for a national rollout. And in addition, as, as mentioned earlier, um, it was anticipated to be um, at least a nine month process just to get the FedRAMP high authorization. Uh, so before that happens, we can't even begin to deploy anything. So maintaining continuity of services while it's being deployed um, was deemed critical to meet our needs. And, um, you know, in summary, a, a contract exceeding five years would allow for that un uninterrupted conti continuity. And, you know, finally, yet the lead time and administrative costs of conducting a follow-on acquisition um, would be extensive, you know, and perhaps also include another FedRAMP high authorization if a different vendor was selected. So, wasn't really logical to award a separate contract after five years for the identical services that would have been provided by uh, five more option periods. 
I guess now I'd just like to open it up to either of you if there's anything else you want to uh, share with our listening audience as it relates to uh, the ECFAX capabilities. Well, again, I, I think uh, uh, Robert did a great job summarizing why we why we're doing this as much as the technical aspects of what we're going to be doing. Uh, it's it's really all about transforming how we do even something as simple as faxing to to make it more modern, more secure, and much more reliable and robust to meet our business needs. As we increasingly work with our community partners to send uh, veterans for care outside outside the VA, we always want them to choose VA, obviously, but we know that they may not do that or may not have the ability to do so. And that we want to make sure that that kind of a pro that process that's associated with that is uh, is done in the most seamless most integrated most secure fashion possible there is it's a lot of business uh, that goes on there and it doesn't matter to me in the end it's can the veteran get what they need can we work with our partners to get what that veteran needs if we can do that then we've done our job uh, again and it's also about you know just doing something simple better uh, right. making it more functional more capable more robust to Building meet our ongoing track. <laughs> building a bit, building a better, building a better mousetrap. Absolutely, it's as I tell people, faxing doesn't seem like a very sexy thing, but we do an awful lot of it in our business environment and in support. And we want to make sure that we have the, uh, the capacity, the capability, and the reliability to do that with in a seamless, uh, in a seamless unified enterprise way. That's very good. And and you know, I for our listening audience, I've had the pleasure of working with. Um, Frank Joy on previous projects. And I can tell you, um, you know, he's a veteran and he's passionate about uh, what he does. And he's he's passionate about providing innovative solutions that allow our caregivers to better serve uh, the veterans within the VA. And uh, he has a track record of doing that. And equally, um, Rob Cately, contracting officer, he's equally as passionate about negotiating a good deal, making sure that we are spending these tax dollars wisely to uh, better enhance the services here at VA. So it's been an honor to have both of them on this podcast uh, today. And I hope our listening audience uh, found this information valuable. And uh, stay tuned because you're going to be seeing EC Facts. If you're a VA employee, you're going to be seeing EC Facts coming to an app store near you. And uh, we hope that um, you have a good experience with that. So thank you again, gentlemen, for being here. And uh, that'll be all for TAC Talks episode uh, number three. Thank you for the opportunity. And our motto is every page, every time, always secure. Thank you. I like that. Thanks, thank you, Frank. Chuck. Good job, Thanks, Frank. Rob. All right. Take care. As always, we must remind you, the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast nor any media, products, or services that they may be providing. We thank you for listening to this episode of TAC Talks and hope you found it helpful as well as enjoyable. You may direct any questions or feedback to me, Chuck Ross, at charles.ross at va.gov. And remember, if you are passionate about government acquisition, are a continuous learner and enjoy fruitful dialogue, then keep tuning into Tech Talks.